0: Three, two, one and we are supposedly rolling. Well, welcome to shiftless everyone. Uh, we're pretty darn excited. We, uh, we we told you that we would start bringing in some experts to to uh, clear up the fuzziness that maybe Brad and I uh, develop with each other and on board and joining us. Today is Alex Gay from A Ride with GPS, who's going to help bring us up to speed on uh, on mapping, GPS routing functionality, and any other thing that might come into the mix. Thanks for joining us, Alex.
1: Thank you, Kevin.
0: And we, as always, we have Brad Green. Brad, say hello to everyone.
2: What's going on?
0: This is this is new to our format here, so. I apologize. Our rhythm is going to be a little bit off. We're going to find it with this three-person interview. But we definitely are very excited to have Ride With GPS on board with us to help fill in some of the blanks. And this is a day-in, day-out tool for me. Uh, Definitely Ride With GPS. I'm a huge Ride With GPS fan myself. But just navigation tools, GPS functionality, and things like that. And I know over the years, there's a lot of stuff that I've made some assumptions about or... What was true maybe ten years ago that I still in my head? Well, that's the way I understood it. Then maybe things have changed. So we're we're hoping that uh, anything along those lines, Alex, can uh, can help clear things up for us. First off, Alex, please do introduce yourself. What is your role with Ride with GPS
2: currently? Now yeah, we is... need your origin story.
1: My origin story. <clears throat> Right now, my role is the relationship manager. So I work with our, our clubs and tour operators and event operators, tourism bureaus, bike shops, and other websites that use our software. So for example, the Spinistry uses a club account with us and uh, has for a number of years. And so I work with them making sure that the, the admins and Leaders of the, those accounts know how to use the tools and then communicate everything to their members. I started here in early 2018, where I was uh, just a support on the support team, answering questions from users about using the route planner and how to get routes onto their Garmin or Wahoo or uh, subscription issues. And really, it's a, a place that many of our employees who aren't developers start in the company so it gives it gives everyone a a good perspective of how how users use our software and get familiar with it over time uh had started to do more and more things with with clubs and and events and now that's been my full-time role for about 3 years
0: okay so you're you're not a you're not a spring chicken you you do have some uh, skins on the wall in, in the industry and with the company. That that's uh, that's good to hear. You had mentioned the other people that ride with GPS and and their career track and how that works. How big a company is Ride with GPS? How many employees do you have? How
1: long how long have you been
0: around in the space and things like that? Mm-hmm.
1: So today, early April, twenty twenty three, we have I think thirty one people working here in total, and that includes our two co-founders Zach ham and Colin King who started the, the company back in 20, 2006 2006 um, you know as a, as a college project when they were both in uh, in school and since then it's grown to very slowly to where we are now um, you know starting off with just the route planner on on our website, And being able to export routes to your Garmin or print paper cue sheets, and now all the way up to having you know the mobile app for a number of years now, but then also a much much more robust route planner with a lot more tools than what was offered 15 years ago.
0: Is Ride with GPS? Is it still a standalone company under the umbrella of those founders, or has it been? absorbed by somebody else or how, how 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 is that structured these days
1: yeah it's still fully owned by zach and cullen and uh zach's our ceo cullen's the cto and we still continue to be fully funded by our users whether through individual subscriptions or through club accounts and other organization accounts so we don't Sell any data. We don't take investment from any outside sources other than our users, who are you know paying us a, a couple dollars a month or uh, you know a little bit more per year. And then um, we don't run any ads, whether you're free or paid. And so I think it's a pretty non-traditional model for most software companies, and I think that's lended to our stability but also the slow growth we've had. But I think most, of the, you ask anyone that works here, that growth is appreciated because we can take our time with thinking about what's the next move and being careful about what we do and why we're doing it and listening to our users about you know what, what they wanna see and making sure that their voices are heard when we're thinking about the next product and, um, making it uh uh, a good sustainable place to work
2: i think it's commendable to A, a the path that you guys have stayed like not getting funded by anybody else and the organic growth is i think it's if it's sustainable it's a good way to go that way you don't grow too fast and overlook stuff and get beyond what you're capable of and you know but um, I had a question or are, are the majority of the people that are there on staff, are they cyclists? I mean, this was yeah, a everyone, cycle. Everyone is. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, yeah, I figured. It's,
1: it's, it's pretty firmly established in a job posting that this is a, a, a job. This is a, a job for someone who's going to who rides bikes and is passionate about riding bikes. So yeah, everyone here, everyone here rides bikes and likes to, you know, when someone gets a new bike, ask them questions or, you know, yeah. huddle over it. If we're in, 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 person together next week, we're having a, uh, a our spring summit where we'll go on a, a group ride here in Portland where about two thirds of us live and we'll, we'll ride during the day and then have some other activities the rest of the day. And then the, the following day we'll have a, like a, An all hands meeting. And so it's all, you know, everyone will go on the ride. And uh, yeah, it's it's really special to be able to work here where everyone likes to ride bikes and is passionate about it.
2: Very cool. That's what I assumed. But it's, and the other question I had was Is Ride PS, Ride with GPS, used uh, exclusively by cyclists, or do you find like motorcyclists using it as well?
1: Yeah a lot a lot of things other than bikes yeah i think you know anyone who needs very specific navigation you know they all uh-huh. have pretty similar needs whether you're a cyclist or on a motorcycle or you're a horseback rider or you go on car rallies and zach and Colin, before they uh, started riding bicycles they were motors they rode motorcycles and they, okay. and they still do and a number of our employees still ride motorcycles, but it all started creating routes for them to go ride motorcycles in the Willamette Valley uh, here in Oregon. And then as they, they got into, they both got bikes and got into riding bikes more and they saw that, oh, this could be a good opportunity to create tools for cyclists as well as motorcyclists. And so now, yeah, still lots of people using us for motorcycle riding. Uh, the, the endurance horseback riding world is uh, pretty big on Rider GPS
2: too. Uh, In, endurance horseback riding is not a term I've ever heard. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, that was new to me as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, think about riding riding a horse for 50 plus miles. You know, mm-hmm. you need and they're and they're going on rougher terrain than you can Like that, you can ride on.
2: You're talking about a multi-day so, ride,
1: perhaps a multi-day ride. I think yeah. most of the people that I I hear from are just doing single-day rides, but you know, okay. full full day, um, full day riding, and their route, you know, the routes that they create are uh, pretty unique. And a lot of the times, they're just traversing terrain where there's not trails. It's just open. It's just open space. Just really really rough looking terrain um but then other other applications of using navigation would be uh dump trucks and snow plows because those are very unique routes that you couldn't plot in other route planners
2: i guess kevin Uh, did you tell him like what the basis what the start of all this was our our um, curiosity or our ignorance if you will of how elevation is calculated
0: yeah i i did point alex to that episode did you have a chance to hear those segments by chance
2: yeah i
1: did and
0: so uh just just for for a quick refresher for those that may not have heard that first episode the the point of conversation that brad and i were having was uh, essentially when you're doing a cycling route, how is elevation calculated for the ground that you cover? Is that correct, Brad? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Alex, if you have any enlightenment for us, we're, we're all ears at the moment.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, if I remember right, what you, what you spoke to in, in that episode was, was pretty good where when you're creating a route, we're pulling from a data set that is elevation scans of the earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, shuttle radar topography mission srtm is if you wanted to look it up uh, where the space shuttle scanned the earth with a radar and plotted all plotted the North America in that case with uh, with elevation with points and there's you know points every uh, maybe 50 meters, I can, I can look this up, um, where that's what we know is the elevation, uh, an estimate of the elevation. But then the problem is when you are creating a route, we don't know what's in between those two points. So while two points might be at the same height above sea level, maybe there's a giant climb or a, a dip between. And so even though the, those two points that we plot that are connected to one another, it would look flat. What's in between is not really true. And so that, there's this, that grid that covers the US is the most accurate part of our, our data set. Um, the other parts of the world didn't get that, that scan to my knowledge, but they do have other data sets that, that we'll pull from that might not have, uh, that might be uh, less granular. And then there's issues like when you go towards the poles, then the, the data can get a little more fuzzy, but that's pretty rare. You gotta get pretty far north or south for, for, that, uh, for that to be the case. There's always been, you know, this ongoing, you know, dilemma of, you know, getting accurate elevation. The, the best way to get elevation is to ride the route because when you're recording on your Wahoo or your Garmin or your phone, uh, your phone, all of those devices, they they have a a barometric sensor in them. So that is a pretty accurate way to, to get elevation. So if you can ride that route, you're gonna see a much more accurate representation of what that elevation is because you have this barometric sensor in your device. And so if you really needed to know and tell other people what the elevation is, go right it first.
2: Yeah. Um, do, do you guys yeah. extract that information po- afterwards? Like if somebody wrote, wrote a section that had never been ridden before and you guys are just through your, your simulations and stuff or just estimating the elevation, is there a way for you guys to extract that information back out from a proven route at that point?
1: Not right
2: now. No. Okay. Do you guys yeah, use that would be nice? Right now.
1: Is that, is that a potential um, little
2: little foreshadowing there?
1: It would take a that would take a lot of data. Yeah. You no. Know, it would take a lot of a lot of knowing what is what. Yeah. Um it's not impossible. Where would you guys fall
0: in relation to the industry, I guess, as far as 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 acceptance and uptake uptake by by the users?
1: As compared to other platforms like Strava or Komoot or Gaia or yeah, others like
0: or
2: whatever,
1: that. Yeah, or whatever else is out
2: there. I've literally only yeah, heard of Strava. <laughs> you said two other names oh. I don't even, I'm not even familiar with.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it, it depends where you are.
2: Uh.
1: In, in the U.S., in North, in, in North America, we're, I think we're pretty well established.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, When you are going on a group ride or you go to an event, people ask, where's the ride with GPS link? Mm -hmm. So I can get it onto my device, or I can navigate it on my GPS. Um, Whereas in Europe, commute is big, Mm -hmm. as far as uh, a a route planning service. But then globally, Strava is is massive. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you ask most people, they'll look to Strava more as a, a social platform than a planning platform, not that they don't have a route planner. Mm-hmm. Um, theirs is a, a theirs is a paid feature, whereas ours is is free, but with some paid upgrades. So Gaia and then Gaia is um, another one that's, I think, pretty broad in terms of what activities it features. But certainly more like rugged backcountry exploring. Mm-hmm. um not that not that we don't have a place a place in that world but you know where we mostly focus on cycling they they're focusing on many activity types yeah i think in in the us we're we're, we're pretty high up the us and the rest of north america um but that's a goal for you know as as we grow how do we how do we find our place in in europe and in the rest of the world
0: something i just want to touch on real quick before i forget and I, and I just i just want to make sure anyone that's listening to this is is fully cognizant of it this is you know we're not uh this isn't a commercial for ride with gps um i'm a big fan of their products i've been using them for years and i pay full price you know there's no there's no they're not giving club spinistry a deal or and quite frankly i think their pricing is right fantastic so there's no there's no need for a discount uh, along us now that said there's things i would like to see better from ride with gps but over the years you guys have done a fantastic uh job of evolving and adding features and if things weren't ideal and i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna hit you hard with one of them before the end don't let me forget that okay. brad remind me to whip his ass over this feature are you okay? talking but we'll talk about you, that you
2: talking about the fact that you can upload your pickleball matches to Strava now and you can't to ride with GPS
0: <laughs> no no that's not that's not where I was going with that I just I, I again I just want to make it crystal clear to everybody we invited ride with gps here as true industry experts and that's 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 why they're here and i apologize i i, I stepped all over no, it's okay. do you remember where you were about no, to go? Uh,
2: i was going to make the pickleball comment but anyways um we still haven't answered the question though like how i think the my confusion on the elevation aspect was is it a total of gain and loss or is there a gain minus the loss to give you your overall gain or is it strictly just Mm -hmm. gain in elevation i don't know if i asked that correctly but
1: okay i understand so if you're looking at a ride and i can look at one right now Mm -hmm. uh we'll show ascent and descent Mm -hmm. and so each of those numbers is independent. So one, they're each being calculated. One, we're adding up when you're going uphill mm-hmm. for the ascent, and then we'll add a different number altogether for, for the descent. Okay.
2: So it's just total elevation gain?
1: Yeah, total elevation okay. gain.
2: Okay. Okay. Sorry. All good there. Sorry. Uh,
1: <laughs> no.
2: It's a,
0: no, nothing to be sorry about that. It's a good thing of, I'm pretty. You touched on some of the other companies out there. Uh, I, I guess it's safe to say some are competitors, but also th- uh, there's a lot that do some of the same stuff you guys do, but have different focuses and you, you are the same way. You ha- Your focuses are particularly being cycling centric. I think that's, uh, that's kind of a, a, a unique spot and, uh, being a cycling centric business person myself, it's definitely a niche <laughs> industry. <laughs> or- organic growth is never going to be huge in the cycling uh, fields for, I don't think for anyone. Uh, but that that's still ultimately a good thing. Are there perceptions? Are there common misperceptions, I, I think is a better way to put it of what ride with GPS does or how it does it or how it's Meant to be used, or how people use it, that maybe doesn't really align with what you have in mind in the maybe general public or people newer
1: to the platform. People, I think, certainly uh, mistake us for Strava, you know, where they think that they can do something on ride GPS, and it instantly appears on Strava, or that that you know it's not showing up in their their feed, or. For, for on their Strava feed. Um, but I think uh, people get hung up about, you know, seeing seeing the route online, and then not knowing what to do after that. You know, Do they know that they can put this on their phone or put this on their Wahoo or their Garmin? pretty easily, if they you know, sit down and, and click a few buttons to get it all set up. Right. And so that's always that's always a challenge where how do we how do we get that information communicated that they know that this can happen? Because a lot of a lot of the ways that people discover us are through embedded maps on on websites. And that's how I found out about us on uh, on bike Portland. Our, our local bike news website. Before I started working here, and um, but yeah, you know, you go look at uh, bikepacking com and, and see this incre- these incredible embeds from routes that people have created on Rider GPS. They're embedded on that website. Then what? You know, and that's I think the you know people not not knowing how how that can happen, but also knowing that all the vast functionality that is available to them. You'll hear from users longtime users, oh, I didn't know that you could do this thing
2: or I didn't know you had this feature. That was one of my questions is are there like any like major underli- underutilized tools that you guys offer like that people like you're saying, people reference and go, man, I've been using Ridewood GPS for five years and I didn't even know I could do X. Yeah,
1: right click in the mm-hmm. route planner? it's something that's been around for over two years i think and never really talked about it you know there's no there's no tool tip on the on the screen that says did you know you can right click um and not until this past december did we really reveal it large you know in an email where we added added some some new functionality to it uh but yeah it's for me, has made route planning a lot easier because it, it doesn't make you move your mouse around as much, go into the sidebar to add or remove control points or custom cues or points of interest. But also, what I really like about it is that you can show street view from mm-hmm. right-clicking. Uh, and so you can right-click anywhere on the map that has street view information, and then it'll pull that up rather than having to go and. Pull the Street View icon from the bottom right and drop it on. Drop mm-hmm. it in place. I think it's a lot. It's a lot more smooth with uh, using right click. Um, but then, yeah, the inspect feature within right click mm-hmm. is uh, my one of my more favorite things too. Kevin, you're making <laughs> a face.
0: I I just found <laughs> right click on the. Road.
2: This is the whole reason I asked this question. <laughs>
1: So in, oh, inspect simple. in the right plan in, in, in the route planner by right clicking. Uh, yeah, it'll you you can click on any spot, and it'll pull up every it'll pull up loads of public routes, or even your own rides and routes um, <laughs> that you can pull into the route planner and uh, make make your own by changing the start or um, cutting up into pieces, or just uh, discovering where people have ridden, I think you know, if you're really, if you're looking somewhere really remote, you can right click and see what rides people have done. Um, Maybe there's like a really faint piece of heat map. You can right, right click and see uh, when, who did this and when and find that, uh, that ride they took. So that's a pretty, uh, pretty helpful feature if you're trying to, find some dirty water to, to <laughs> filter. <laughs> That's
0: a good point. Uh, you touched on some, thank you for the reminder. Uh, this was something I thought about asking a while back, and then I forgot when I was putting my notes together. Uh, heat map density. How is, how is that determined? And, well, I'm assuming that might be another feature that people aren't even... U- utilizing as much as they could on Ride with GPS, the heat map functionality on Ride with GPS is great, uh, in my opinion. But I do, what determines the density of the line or the color changes of the line, or, or how does that work?
1: Mm-hmm. It's it scales based on, I think, where you are. So if you're somewhere where there's less overall heat map, it might be ampl- amplified some. Whereas if it's really dense, like in a city it's gonna be, try and be a little more balanced.
0: If I'm seeing a dark red line in the heart of Portland, it it may not directly coincide with a, a dark red line in the Mount Hood National Forest then. Yeah. Is, is, am I hearing that correctly?
1: Yeah. Hmm. But okay. you'll still know that that dark red line in Mount Hood National Forest is probably a good place to ride just like that
0: comparatively popular Mm -hmm. in that specific geolocation.
2: When, when you get bored sometime, Kevin, look at the heat map coming out of my garage
0: from a business standpoint. Uh, where's your ideal growth? Is it people that are, you know, subscribing to the monthly, you know, what is it? Premium level with the app features and things like that. Is it the, the club accounts? Uh, is it, And I apologize. I don't even know what all of your revenue streams are at the moment. And that is one thing, quick tangent. I do lose track as, as uh, a manager of a club account of where my subscription features end and free features begin. So I, I, there's lots of times I assumed, Oh, just go to ride with GPS and do that. And they go, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, Basically, as a club account, I have access to almost everything, is my understanding. Uh, But I do recognize that there's plenty of people that just on an individual basis subscribe to the app. Uh, And Are there other revenue streams that maybe I'm not cognizant of that you guys are focusing on right now as well?
1: Well, the focus right now is on the individual user side. That's where most of our development is being pointed towards with updating new, uh, like a new find page on our website. You know, last year we updated the find page on the app and now it's called explore and it's more map focused. And so you can expect a more map focused find page on, on the website. And that's certainly a, a consumer view, a user view of of the website. And that's where yeah you know, most development resources are going to, to to the user side in general compared to the club account or um, other things that we offer. If you didn't see the new route map view for Spinistry, where you can see all the all, all of the Spinistry maps, routes on one page, that is that is something that we did recently do for for clubs and, and other tour operators and events, um, that account. Yeah. So um, now we'll move back towards the, the user side of things.
0: Do most of your premium subscribers, are they doing it for the app? and route navigation functionality or additional route creation or a mix of all of it,
1: a mix of both, you know, we offer two different paid individual levels. And one basic is the features are focused on mobile. So being able to download routes offline, navigate them with voice navigation, use live logging, use the mobile route planner. Whereas premium is more focused towards the the website. So planning routes on on the website, which is you know, a much more robust route planner compared to on the mobile app. And so premium is more of the that that creator and route planner type versus mobile app basic subscription is more of the consumer, you know, finding other people's routes and using those.
0: Now, I told you I was gonna I was gonna beat you up over one thing here, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take it a slightly different route uh, as opposed to a criticism. I'm I'm going to ask for illumination on how a feature works, if that's fair. Um, one of the biggest things we come across most of our routes are uh, gravel oriented, and uh, so last year you guys came out with the road surface indicator sort of thing. And my understanding is that in some parts of the country, it's actually exceptional data and very reliable. In Around here in Texas, and I know New Mexico, I run into it as well, the data is not even close. It, uh, it's actually somewhat burdensome because I have people that are pestering me all the time. Why Why are you, you know, why are we signing up for an event that's only 10% gravel? Well, it's not 10% gravel. That's just what that how how is that information derived? How do you guys say this this is X percent gravel versus paved?
1: Yeah, we we pulled that information from OpenStreetMaps, and so OpenStreetMaps is the Wikipedia for maps, where anyone can go oh, on yeah. and say that there's there's a route here. It, this is the speed limit. This is the type of road it is, whether it's residential or other or anything else. But there's also an option to indicate surface, surface type. And that's what we pull from. And unfortunately, only about 20% of streets or roads or paths in open street maps have surface information. Mm. And so the rest of it, we have to make an educated guess based on other Clues in the in the data from OpenStreetMaps about what it might be, and so yeah. we're not always right.
0: I appreciate that, and I, I and I don't want to be the type of person to issue a criticism, uh, but not offer maybe not a solution, but you know at least some ways to make it better. Um, somewhat along those lines, it, it does sound like maybe the it's more in some ways more of a question for OSM. In the past I have updated OSM data and temporarily it was correct and then it wasn't for whatever reasons. My guess is they're importing state data somewhere that overrides mine, but that's a guess, I don't know. Um my request at least as a, an event promoter that uses ride with GPS and maybe there's already a way to do it that I'm missing out on or haven't um haven't found how to use correctly, but if there's a way for me to just completely suppress that surface data functionality on routes I create, not where I hide it temporarily or when it's first, where it's not retrieved at all, is there a way to do that? Or is that something we might be able to look into throwing into the idea pool or something like that? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So now in the route planner, there is an option to Display or not display surfaces under settings.
0: It still ex- Last time I tried that, yeah. I, when I create the route, it does. But when any that's for my own usage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When other people bring up the whatever their setting is, it defaults to them being able to see that. At least that's the way it worked months ago. It may have changed since then.
1: Yeah, I think that would it would remain the same. Uh, you do have the means to. Edit the surface type as we display it um, using the elevation profile. Are you familiar with that? I can edit. I can. No, I am not. So if you are in the route planner, you can select the length of the route using the elevation profile, clicking and dragging. And then on the right, there's a button that says change surface. Oh! Very nice. If you know what that surface is, you can you can you know change it from paved to unpaved or or vice versa.
0: This is why we have you here, Alex. Awesome. Uh, I'm assuming this only works for this route that I create, though it doesn't apply that to future times that road may be mapped.
1: Is that right? It's a, just the correct. This, it's assumption? just this individual route.
0: Okay, that's an awesome feature. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. You have anything, Brad? Any Anything
2: that's... Um, well, I was going to ask a couple of just random questions. You guys, you know, it sounds like you guys are pulling a lot from actual data, but when I, I wrote this down earlier just to give you, like, how my brain works. You were talking about how if you only have a reference point from, you know, say, three miles away and, you know, you only have two spots... And you don't know what lies in between is there are you guys utilizing ai at all at this point because it seems like artificial intelligence is is used across the board in so many different aspects of all kinds of things
1: nothing in in -hmm. the route planner right now and i know but i know it's on a lot of people's minds here and how it will factor into to what we do
0: route planning functionality when i drop a point and just have ride with GPS automatically calculate a route for me. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Like if I have bike paths displayed, it will typically incorporate things like that when it's available. But if I don't have it displayed, it just uses normal surface streets. Is that is that correct? Or is that outside of your uh, your knowledge at the moment?
1: No, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... In the route planner there's a drop down it's called routing and you can choose between cycling walking or, or driving and if, if you're selected to cycling uh it doesn't matter what map style you're in we're going to put you on what is preferred for being on a bike whether that's uh because it has a bike path or a bike lane or it's a shared street or or we have popularity information that says that people ride bikes here. And so that's how that, that's how we decide where to put you. And so that information comes from OpenStreetMaps, because it has bike infrastructure information in that in that data. And that's the case, if you're using one of the OpenStreetMap based maps, which if you're in the route planner and you click the route or excuse me, and you click the map drop down, there's different options. And so starting at our RWGPS map style, and beneath that, those are all open street maps, and those will use open street maps mm. routing. Above those options, there's a map, uh, terrain, satellite, and hybrid. Those all come from Google Maps, and those will have their own. Uh, their own cy- cycling-based routing that may be a little different than what OpenStreetMaps provides to us, um, okay. but it doesn't matter if you have cycling paths toggled on or if you're in, you know, OSM cycle map style. You're still going to be put onto, you know, bike preferred paths or roads. It do- but it
0: does sound like actually the, like you were talking about, and maybe I misheard you. Uh you, you route based on popularity to some extent or usage to some extent. Now, do you mean do you mean that specifically from ride with GPS users or is that part of that OSM data set?
1: Our our users. And so and this would be the case of using one of the OpenStreetMap styles, not Google. Google's routing is their own and they and they tune it to their liking. Whereas the OpenStreetMap routing, we're able to tune to our liking based on, um, you know, what, what sort of roads or paths that we want to prefer, prefer, but then also popularity based on what our users are doing. So uh, if you pull up heat map, and you create a route in open street maps with an open street map style map, then it might look pretty similar to that heavy red line. Um, And so in that case, we're able to, you know, we we have control of, um, the result, um, based on, yeah, popularity and other, other bike information available from OpenStreetMaps. That's,
0: that's, a, that's actually a really good clarification for me there. I, my assumption was just that you were using, uh, the same logic regardless of the base map. So you, what you're saying is if we're using the Google base map, it defaults to Google, preferences correct okay right for for the for those not watching at mm-hmm. home alex is shaking his head yes okay excellent that's 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 good clarification yeah man i'm, a, I'm liking this brad it's amazing what happens
2: when you listen to someone that knows what they're talking about
0: the app itself uh i am i'm a huge user of the ride with gps app when i'm Scouting routes, and obviously, and when I build the routes, but uh, you know, I'll I'll go out in the truck and scout all of my routes, and I use the Ride with GPS app for my navigation because it you know it works like a a car GPS, and then it says turn right in half a mile or whatever, and as soon as you make the right hand turn, turn left in three quarters of a mile, and it gives you that prompt ahead of time. That aspect. uh, The navigation app I I, I see is fantastic. Um, Is there new stuff coming to that to be on the lookout for? Or is that kind of generally speaking where it is and we're just going to be enhancing existing features going forward?
1: As far as navigation features in the app? Or whatever else. I don't Mm. know. Uh, Uh, what's, What's being worked on right now would be more map views of your stuff. So uh, think about, you know, you've got your long list of routes or rides that you've recorded, Uh, we're going to be putting all of those on a map in the app for you to to view. And So last year, we released route map views or ride map views for your personal account on the website. And so similar views will be available uh, on the app where you can pull up your big map of rides you've been on see a heat map of those rides and then try and remember oh when did i go here press and hold on that that heat that heat on the map and we'll show all the the rides that you've passed through that point and then you can you know either turn that into a route or share it to a friend and uh, have reference to I, it visually rather than just as a, a long list. Um, yeah. That's the, the next thing that should be out sort of soon.
0: The, uh, okay. That, and that, that touches on uh, a good point, at least from a common question from cyclists uh, back in the day. Anyway, it was no ifs, ands or buts about it, a dedicated bike computer, Carmen. Wahoo or whatever, GPS functionality and accuracy was tremendously better than what was available on most phones at the time. Is that still the case or is, it, or is technology kept up to where basically any phone for GPS accuracy purposes is as good as a standalone device or what, what, are you, what are y'all's thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think phones are a great way to you know, not worry about having all your devices charged you just have to worry about the one and you know gps is free and unlimited to anyone on any phone and so you can not need to have a 600 dollars environment on your handlebars uh you can just use your phone that you probably probably already carry with you in your pocket everywhere and, and the, as far as the accuracy it's yeah it's just as accurate i think uh you know, what most people's hang-ups are around battery life um, or strapping strapping your, you know, your your phone, your texting machine to to your handlebars. But, you know, I've done some pretty long rides with my phone, strapped to my handlebars and taken a spill or two. And uh, with the right case and, and mount, it's been, you know, good for me. Like, I've, I've had great success with, just using our app to navigate the battery life.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, airplane mode, obviously, uh, for those that may not be up to speed with it, is definitely a way to help uh, preserve battery life and and downloading uh, the the route ahead of time. Now, anybody that uh, has access to the navigation app,
1: they're able to download the.
0: Routes for offline, or is that a is that a
1: higher level service there? Yeah, navigation and offline maps are the same. Are the same. Okay. Level. So if you if you have yeah.
0: navigation capability, you have offline maps. Yeah. Um, one of the things I I typically typically recommend because a lot of our rides are really long. A lot of our routes are really long, so battery life on a phone is def definitely an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly if you're trying to watch the map. Um, then you're leaving the screen on all the time, but the way, like I said, the way I use it, I just use the audio prompts and, uh, I recommend folks just, uh, turn on the audio prompts. Maybe you have, you know, the bone conducting headphones or it's loud enough where you can hear it or what, whatever, and the screen's off. And if you do airplane mode and the maps are downloaded offline, uh, you can, you can get very long, uh, navigation Uh, life out of the phone at that point. You had touched on Gaia GPS earlier as one of uh, the other uh, people in the industry. Do you see, do you guys see them as a competitor or, or you're two different, uh, two different fruits in the same basket, so to speak?
1: I think two different fruits in the same basket. Um, But we do a lot of similar things as far as, you know, offering route creation and offline maps um but i think you know they're like I, I said mentioned earlier they're a little more broad in what time, types of activities they they focus on a little more back country back, back country focused but there's certainly cyclists that, that use them um i would i think if you asked uh, a guy user they would tell you that mm-hmm. it's not the only thing they use
0: I would definitely agree with that. And um, is there is there a potential for Ride with GPS maybe to incorporate other base maps that m- maybe not the full like Gaia suite, but maybe some of this uh, other stuff? Or are you guys kind of static with the the mapping information that you have mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future?
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest strong points of Gaia is the incredible amount of. Base maps and overlays that that they offer, and something that uh, I always look to see what they have um, because I want I want them in Rider GPS too. And there's certainly there's certainly is always talk about how we can how we can integrate that more or have have more options about about snow layers or wildfires or cell coverage or um, or just more map styles, you know? It's just, uh, I think it can be expensive. It can be time consuming. It can be, uh, you know, figuring out what, what people really want. Um, but at least internally, you know, we're all, we all <laughs> like to uh, stare at maps all day. And uh, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could know that there's snow at the top of large mountain uh, without having to go on to, uh, the Google group and ask of our local adventure cycling group, uh, OMTM, what's, what's the status of this? Well, we could just pull up the map later. So, um, hopefully in time, we'll
2: have more. Well, I, I just wanted to ask Alex, uh, a cycling question because he was talking about his rides and Going on long rides with his phone mounted to his bars and stuff. What kind of riding do you typically do there in Portland? All sorts, really.
1: Oregon is mm-hmm. a very geographically diverse place. Where here in Portland, it's it's a valley, and flanked by the mm-hmm. Cascade Range to the west to the east, and then the Coast Range to the west, where um, both of those places in the summertime mm-hmm. are prime riding areas um you know in and that's a lot of gravel so day ride gravel um but then a little north and east is the gorge where there's it's you know in the rain shadow and so it's it's dry almost year round you just uh it just Mm -hmm. might be a bit cold and windy in the in the winter time but you can do some fantastic gravel riding out there mountain biking there's some uh, nothing that you can really ride to from Portland. It's all mm-hmm. some, some drive away. Um, you know, some popular places out West, like, uh, Sandy Ridge, um, post Canyon, Coyote wall, and then, uh, Stubb Stewart to the West. Um, uh, are all some more popular yeah. places that are about an hour away. And then, um, and then just lots of road riding, too. So Portland is a pretty, by area, pretty small city. Um, and so you can get on the road for 45 minutes. in in any direction, you're getting out into open land, um, a lot of agriculture, um, or forest land. So it's a pretty unique place to be able to, you know, do all sorts of riding. And so um, if you, I think really one of the best places, if you want to get away is to go to central Oregon, like to bend where there's mm. unlimited mountain biking, uh, out your front door, it's a pretty fantastic place to, you know, in the summertime, especially, uh, be able to, you know, be on trails in a few minutes and barely have to touch pavement.
0: Did you have any questions for us, Alex, or anything that you wanted to share uh, about RideWithGPS that people may not be aware of or anything like that?
1: I'll just say we covered a lot. There's a vast resource of help documentation on our website. If you ever want to dig in more, we have a fantastic support team who can help you out seven days a week, info at RideWithGPS.com.
0: Definitely appreciate that, Alex, and I can definitely vouch for the value of their customer service. I regularly have people reach out to me since I send so many routes out and, you know, uh, we offer access to the app with our club account and things like that. Lots of very technical questions that are sent my way, and I always, you know, I always point them to that info at EPS. And I never hear back from those people. That means they got the answer they were looking for. I appreciate all the time you've given us today, Alex. You definitely uh, shine the light on some things that are going to be beneficial to me going forward. And I'm sure anyone listening to that uh, picked up some really good information as well. Bradley, anything else before we let Alex go back to work in
2: his real job? I appreciate your time, Alex. Very informative. Very informative have a lovely portland day you're welcome brad thank you yeah
0: all in all i mean i was mm-hmm. completely underprepared to bring an expert on uh, i had all sorts of plans to do some research and <laughs> have a great list list of questions but yeah life